Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, coming up, uh, by the way, it's 134 in Edmonton. Uh, coming up on Friday, May 10th, hockey fans will lace up their skates uh, with Edmonton Oilers alumni, former pros out at the uh, Terwilliger Community Recreation Centre for this year's Hockey Helps the Homeless Tournament. We'd like to thank uh, Robin Brownlee, who uh, years ago used to work on my uh, old uh, Total Sports show back in the day, for helping set up uh, this interview with uh, a very popular uh, member of the Oilers alumni, uh, former Edmonton Oilers player, and head coach Ron Lowe, who joins us right now. Hi, Ron. How you doing? Very good, Bob. How are you doing today? Well, not bad. Not bad at all. A uh, little bit of feedback there. I don't know if you got us on a speaker or not, but uh, anyhow. Uh, no, there should be no speaker. No speaker. Uh, let's do that. So it sounds like my road show sometimes when I'm in the hotel room. But, uh, anyhow, that's, uh, that makes for better radio. Let's do this, Ron. Uh, this is not your first uh, year being involved uh, with the uh, Hockey Helps the Homeless campaign. Tell me why you get involved with this for the mustard seed and for the Jap- Jasper Place Wellness Center. Well, I think basically it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you go down to the rink on a Saturday night and uh, drive out the back way and uh, look at the problems that people have down there, I think it's a pretty simple charity to join and get behind. And uh, right now we're doing a heck of a job uh, on the uh, whole charity itself raised a lot of money all the way across Canada, but the thing about the Edmonton one is it all stays in Edmonton, which is, uh, to me, where we need it, and that's basically why Linda and I got behind it. All right, well, this year's beneficiaries include the Mustard Seed and the Jasper Place Wellness Centre. To date, the Hockey Help the Homeless campaign has raised $575,000. The team will feature 21 men's and women's, or the tournament features 21 men's and uh, women's teams and and, uh, gets played all day Friday. You guys get a uh, ton of uh, support. Uh, by the way, they do have a, uh, a reception, a hot stove, silent auction, all that stuff taking place Thursday night. You get a ton of support from a lot of, including some of your former players, but a lot of former players from this region. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, uh, any of the charities in Edmonton itself couldn't uh, function without the Fernando Pisani, Doug Hicks, uh, the, 
Gretzky's been around, uh, Louis DeBrusque. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that are locals that have, that do so much for all of the charities in town. But they really do step up and support this one. We've got a couple of uh, different guys coming in this year. Uh, Dennis Polanic is uh, stepping on board for a little change of venue, and uh, Dean McCammon's coming back. So we'll have a we'll have a heck of a squad down there. George LaRock, Kyle Rossiter, uh, Matt Cassian, Dan McGillis, who played for you, Sean Bell, uh, Dave Lumley, Chris Joseph, uh, David Pelche, the figure skater, uh, who's a pretty good hockey player, Jason Chimera, who who can still skate, uh, Larry Bud Melnick, tough guy back in the day. <laughs> you could chuck him if I recall correctly. Gord Bamford, Glenn Anderson, uh, Ethan Morrill, who, of course, was an Oilers captain at one time. You mentioned Dean McCammon, Jeff Smith. Rafi Torres, uh, you mentioned Doug Hicks, Mark Fistrick, Ian Herbers, my old buddy, uh, Bernie Nichols coming in, Jason Strudwick, terrific personality, you mentioned Fernando and Louie and Craig Muni, Jeff Delorier, Joaquin Gage and Marc-Andre Bergeron and Mark Lamb. So there's a lot of guys. We'd rather gab it there. There's a lot of different personalities involved with this. So there'll be some uh, you-know-whats and giggles at that hot stove on the Thursday night as well. Um uh, Hey, just speaking, you mentioned Dennis Polonich. Um, out of Foam Lake, Saskatchewan, he was one tough, uh, would you call him a light, uh, what was he, a middleweight, I guess? I mean, he was he was stocky, but he, he broke Ray Bork's jaw to fight one time. That guy was a nasty piece of business back in the day, wasn't he? I played with uh, Dennis in <clears throat> Detroit uh, for a year. Uh, he was a just a, yeah ferocious competitor you were gonna say vicious <laughs> oh yeah well that would that was kind of in the middle of the mix too <laughs> but no he was uh he was an amazing guy and he's uh he's great uh at these events funny man uh really really good in the dressing room and uh enjoys doing them which is I mean, all the guys that actually do these things are are real good people, and uh, they're a lot of fun. And uh, the difference here is that we've got two pros in each room, and uh, guys kind of feed off each other. Uh, Carrie Fraser's coming back to referee and uh, cause grief to all the people that are... I mean, you know how that goes, Bob. Black and white stripes never right, right? <laughs> yeah, but the hair is perfect. Right, absolutely. <laughs> We're joined by Ron Lowe again. It's Hockey Helps the Homeless. It's an organization that works to leverage Canada's affinity for hockey to raise awareness and financial support for the homeless through education, fundraising, and partnering with solutions-based local homeless support agencies. And it's going to take place uh, next weekend. All right, look, I'd be remiss without having you on the show talking a bit about uh, some of those Oilers playoff series that you're involved with uh, back in the day in the, in the 1990s. I mean, there's a generation of Oilers fans, Ron, that, uh, you know, were too young to be a part of the 1980s Oilers glory days, and their first cognitive memories are of watching your teams play. And you guys, to me, were like the little train that could. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have the same sort of financial clout as the rich teams like Colorado and Detroit and Dallas at that time. But you found ways to pull off some upsets. And do you have a, a favorite memory, maybe from the 97 or 98 years, that just make you shake your head still when you think about it all these years later? Well, I mean, there was, there was lots of things that happened during those, uh, those two playoff runs. First of all, show me a, a good coach. I'll show you a good goaltender. 
um, nine times out of ten, that's what happens. And uh, basically, I think we might have had one of the best goaltenders in the league that year, and or both those years with Curtis Joseph. Um, he's right up there on the list of wins in the NHL now, and uh, he carried uh, a lot of the burden for us. But we also had an awful lot of character on that team. Uh, you can go down and name the Dougie Waits, Billy Garens, uh, captained by Kelly Buckberger, Luke Richardson. We might not have had the, the best defense in the world, but they all worked their butts off. And when you stood in front of Barnett, you paid a price, uh, all the way down to Mike Medano and uh, Claude Lemieux, whichever one you wanted to go to. So, yeah, it was a uh, fantastic time for me in my life. Uh, to be able to associate myself with those guys still today is unbelievable. Like you said, we've got a lot of guys that I coach coming back and George and uh, Dean McCammon and, and Bucky and guys like that. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they were good teams. Uh, they worked really, really hard at what they did. And basically, if you lost the game, you had to go back and kind of check your game plan to see if you'd given them the right one or not, because basically they they did most times carry out what you asked them to do. I got to tell you this for me personally, seeing you guys rally from three one down against uh, Colorado, yeah. just because of the Ron, uh, Ron, just because of the Patrick Watt factor. Like Patrick Watt, make no mistake, great goaltender. But he knew it, and he let you know about it. And watching, you, and there was some stuff that happened at the end of uh, was it game six? Uh, yeah, right uh, where they uh, Adam Denmarsh, I think, jumped Ryan Smith and tuned him up. And I, they thought they had you guys back at home ice in game seven. And Curtis Joseph decided, no, you don't have us. And you guys ran away with game seven ultimately. For me, that was of your coaching era in Edmonton. That was uh, my favorite uh, series victory. Well, it was, and the the biggest thing about it was is that, I mean, I have no idea why Crawford tried to, to goon us at that point in time in the game, first of all, and it was kind of my error. I should have been looking at who was out on the ice. Um, I know Matt Lindgren took a beating because of it, and I was... I still owe Matt an apology for that, and I, I actually did this year. He was down in our alumni room at uh, Rogers Center one night, and uh, we had a pretty good chuckle about it. But, yeah, that was a battle, and in the end, um, it was really funny because Claude Lemieux was kind of yelling at me uh, right after the game was over. Now you guys are in big trouble. you got to come back to our building. I'm going... I, uh, we really didn't want to. <laughs> we, we, we would sooner have tanked it here at home and uh, not had to bother. I mean, it was, yeah, it was awesome. All right. One of the things that many fans remember, and we brought up Brian Marchman's name earlier in the show, and Brian is a guy that played the game on the edge. Uh, of course, he was involved in that horrific injury against Dallas in the playoffs back in that 1997. Uh, but you had him for a couple seasons there. 
And I, I don't know if our listeners, the younger listeners, are aware just how tough he was. I mean, I remember one time he stepped up for uh, Kelly Buckberger and went at Bob Probert. And it wasn't the Bob Probert of the Detroit era. It was Bob Probert in Chicago. So maybe he wasn't, you know, the undisputed heavyweight champion in the NHL, but he was still a, a top five guy. And Mush did great in that scrap. He, he, he you know, went toe-to-toe one time with uh, Ty Domi as well. I know he fought Ty a bunch of times in his career. Was that an underrated, if, you know, Mush play the game on an edge, but when it came time to chuck him, he could go with pretty much anybody. Yeah, he was a, I mean, he was a scrapper at heart uh, in every way, shape, or form. Played the game uh, about as hard as you could. Uh, when anybody was on the ice uh, against them, they knew they had to make sure that they were watching, looking back for passes in the neutral zone. Um, and, uh, yeah, probably very underrated as a fighter. And the other thing about Brian that was amazing is, like you alluded to, the fact that there's nothing he wouldn't do for a teammate. And he made people comfortable uh, in situations where probably we wouldn't have been if he wasn't there. And uh, also probably a bit of an underrated player. He could move the puck a little bit from the back end when he had to. And uh, pretty much an all-around uh, solid guy and a great guy to have in your room. All right. Uh, how tough was it? I know we saw each other a couple times during the course of the season. Tough year this year, right, eh, for the team? Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, they, they seemed like they couldn't get over the hump. It's kind of like going to a blackjack table and winning uh, – 200 bucks when you want to make the grand or something they'd get to a point in the in the season and then stuff would happen bad stuff would happen and uh they'd go back down again it had to be a frustrating year for the for the coaching staff i think on the on the hockey team they uh they must have some nights pulled their hair out and uh yet basically most nights they played, they played pretty hard most nights, and i I got to give them credit for that. It's just, like I said, I didn't think they could get over the hump. They needed to win 12 in a row instead of uh, 9, and uh, had that happened, they probably would have rolled uh, just like St. Louis did. Really? Well, they might have had a, bit, a team a little bit better built to play in the playoffs in the regular season. Rod, good luck with the uh, Hockey Helps uh, Homeless campaign that's going to take place in Edmonton last weekend. Thank you again for joining us here on Oilers Now, okay? Okay, Robert, if anybody's out there that wants to buy tickets on a luxury suite for the Hockey Helps the Homeless thing, go at it because there's about 40 left at 100 bucks a piece, and... Uh, that's only 100 printed, so it's a pretty good deal. Well, again, the website is HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. More information there. Thanks, Ron. Take care. Okay. That is Ron Lowe, former Edmonton Oilers head coach, member of the Oilers alumni as well. 147 in Edmonton. The best pizza in the city. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit RoyalPizza.ca. Download the app from the Royal Pizza app on the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation on a uh, chilly Wednesday Mediterranean chicken. We'll get to some texts in this day in Oilers history when we return in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Welcome back everybody. It's 150 in Edmonton. Spoiler alert. Now the only way you could watch this is on DAZN, which I don't have. 
but I will tell you that in a game that is probably being watched conservatively by, oh, I'll say 300 million people, 400 million people, Liverpool is in Barcelona in the first half of Champions League. Of course, they have a return engagement back in Liverpool. They're at the half, and uh, these right now are probably the two soccer clubs on the planet uh, at the highest level that play the most exciting style, up-tempo, attack-based style. And uh, former Liverpool player Luis Suarez has scored for Barcelona, they lead one uh, nothing. It's in the first of a two-game series. So there you go. Uh, and again, the game is in Barcelona, so it's a home goal, and that's important in terms of uh, how they do the home and uh, visiting goal sort of scenario there. All right. Again, the hockey helps the homeless taking place. Uh, there's an event Thursday night. It uh, takes place at the Polar uh, Park Brewery for Hockey Helps the Homeless, and Ron Lowe will be there. He is the honorary chair of the Hockey Hope, uh, Helps the Homeless campaign. It's a terrific initiative. Again, thanks to Robin Brownlee for uh, sending us Ron uh, our way here on Oilers Now to this day in Oilers history. Brought to you by, well, we know who has been bringing it to us for the last eight years here in the show, and that's uh, Dennis Lalaberti and the group at New West Travel. Uh, geez. I got a story about this. Go for it. Thanks, Bob. Uh, so this day back in 2006, Fernando Pisani scores twice. Alice Hemsky scores twice in the final four minutes of Game 6 against the Detroit Red Wings. And that pushed the Oilers past Detroit 4-3, earning them a 4-2 series win in the opening round. So the Oilers advancing past the Wings, who had four future Hall of Famers. They met Carolina in their first cup since 1990. How old were you that year? In 2006, I was 12. All right, so here's the deal, bud. Uh, I was hosting Total Sports back then and uh, had made, uh, you know, there were some predictions along the way. The only two guys in the Edmonton media to pick Edmonton to beat Detroit, I just mentioned one of them, Robin Brownlee and yours truly. Mark Spector had the Red Wings in three. He was being Johnny Smartass, and he, he took the Red Wings in three. But before that game, a game six, do you know what I actually said, Brendan? I said Al Shamsky was going to score two goals. So at the end of the second period, you know what the score was? 2 nothing for Detroit. And Jim Matheson, NHL by Maddie, came by and goes, Oh, you and your Hemsky. And then uh, Pisani and Hemsky struck, and, uh, well, the rest was history. The level of excitement in the building that night at Rexall Place was off the charts. Steve Stales, I remember they were walking past... In the old building, uh, what was then, I think at that time it was called the Air Canada Club or whatever, underneath. And uh, he was hugging fans as they walked through. People were stoked. They were jacked as the Oilers rallied in that game from 2 nothing down and ended up winning 4-3 to knock Detroit out in 6. And who would have thunk it that the Oilers uh, would then vanquish Anaheim, take care of business against San Jose, though down 2 nothing and take Carolina to seven, despite the fact that Dwayne Rolson got hurt in game number one. Coaching staff knew how to handle that team at that time. Chris Pronger, unbelievable in game five of that series against Detroit. But it was a collective team effort that got, and the Oilers got the better goaltending. And that's, you know what, at the end of the day, it still ultimately comes down to that. If you got the guy in the pipes, it's better than the other guy. You talk about uh, Edmonton beating Dallas in 1997. Curtis Joseph totally outplayed Andy Moog in that series. 1998, Curtis Joseph outplayed 
Patrick Waugh the final three games of the series. And Curtis was, he was a top five NHL goaltender for about a six or seven year window. And a, and a top person, a top person to deal with as well. Patrick Waugh knew he was really damn good. And that's what made it so much more bittersweet. And the Oilers didn't have enough juice to get past Dallas that year, 98 in the second round. But it was awesome watching Ronnie Lowe's team beat uh, beat Patrick Waugh in 1998. Manny Legacy didn't have it going on, by the way, in 2006. Dwayne Rollison outplayed him that year. This text comes to us from Mitch. We were talking about Brian Marchment. And Mitch has texted the show to say, my favorite Marchment quote was when he had to fight George LaRock for a hit on Doug Waite. I fought my brother, my brother uh, before, and he's an iron worker from Scarborough, Ontario, and 10 times tougher than any guy in this league. That was Marchment's uh, quote. Uh, thanks to Mitch for making me remember. That was a, a funny. Uh, Brian was a big person. I, I, I know a guy in town here. Uh, I actually bought my wife's engagement ring off of him, Red Shaw. Uh, who had Michael Anthony's for a number of years, and he was uh, friends with Brian Marchman. Reg, uh, Reg knew hockey. He, he's like my, like like my. She's got a big personality. We used to uh, chuckle back in the day when we'd go over to Jimmy Anna's place in Yanni's Tavern on White Avenue and just shake our head about some of the stuff that Brian Marchman would do. The Fizzler has texted the show at six thirty, six thirty on our Heartland Ford text line. Bob, what's the deal with the weather? I thought things were supposed to improve the minute the UCP got into power. Under Kenny's watch, we've seen the Oilers lower ticket prices and snow in May. Not a great start so far. That comes to us from the Fizzler. Well, they they dropped the prices on a couple of the, you know, I think there's 36 or 37 different uh, pricing categories for tickets in the building. Uh, A freeze on the majority and a drop with a couple. Thanks, Fizzler, uh, for listening to the show. You know, I know that's uh, got to be tough for you some days. Again, you can text us at 630, Coming up tonight, we have Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8. I know I'm on tonight because he was stuck and couldn't get anybody better. Who else has he got rolling on tonight's show? Uh, they're talking FC Edmonton with players uh, Tommy Amiobi and Bruno Zebi about the start of their Canadian Premier League season. They're on the road in Winnipeg against Valor FC on Saturday, Bob. They're called the Valor FC? Valor FC, that's right. Well, that's a pretty interesting name. Boy, tomorrow we got a kick-ass show coming up for you tomorrow. Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Sportsnet's Louis DeBrusque will join us. Tomorrow is the WHL and the CFL draft. Both drafts are taken. You think maybe those leagues might want to say, hey, why don't you push it back a week? And I don't know. Anyways, food for thought. Cam Moon out of Red Deer with a bit of an update. They just did the awards, by the way. Fix Wolanski was beat out for player of the year by uh, Joe Kim uh, Blickfeld of the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, Will Warm, the humanitarian of the league from the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen and I. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.